It's philosophy talk. Two starts. Two stars. Wasn't a meaningful encounter. Does reputation matter? Yeah, reputation's a useful social screening mechanism. Yeah, but it's so often based on nothing more than gossip. That's the sense you get just from me? From your rep report analytics. If we drill down into the numbers, you have got a solid popularity arc here. Strong overall trajectory. Should you care about what people think about you? You've got a ton of reciprocal five stars from service industry workers, but uh, there's not much else. You could use a punch up right there. Ideally, that's upvotes from quality people. Is reputation all it's cracked up to be? Our guest is Gloria Origi, author of Reputation, What It Is and Why It Matters. Oh, I'm, I'm a 4.2. <laughs> I'm afraid you're actually a 4.183. Does reputation matter? Coming up on Philosophy Talk. If you enjoy our program, there are lots of ways to support us. Subscribe to our enormous archive of past episodes. Buy subscriptions for the thinkers in your life. Buy a t-shirt or a mug from our new online shop. Or make a tax-deductible donation by going to philosophytalk.org. Please do your part to help keep us on the air and online. Thank you for listening. And thank you for thinking. And now, on with the show. How much should you care about your reputation? Can caring too much turn you into a faker? Can caring too little make you smug? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Accept your intelligence. I'm Ken Taylor. And I'm Josh Landy. We're here at the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus where I teach philosophy and Josh directs the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. Today we're asking, does reputation matter? On that one, Josh, I'm with the Stoics. We, we don't have any control over reputation, they say, so we shouldn't waste any time thinking about it at all. Just be a good person. Do good work. Forget the critics. Haters gonna hate, you know. I just don't think it's that simple. I mean, it's not like our reputation is completely out of our control. If I go around you know, kicking puppies in front of everybody, uh, I'm going to get a reputation as a puppy kicker, and that's going to be my own fault. Well, Josh, if you kick puppies, you should kick them behind closed doors. Oh, no, no, that's <laughs> not what I meant. Don't kick puppies at all. Oh, well, look, look, okay. But people could still say that you are a puppy kicker. I mean, they could mistake you for somebody else, or they could even deliberately lie about you. Josh, I hate to tell you this, but you know there's a lot of malicious gossip out there about you. Oh, well, <laughs> well, thanks at least for not telling me about it. Okay, so fair enough. Maybe we don't have complete control over reputation. I'll grant you that. But but surely you can make it more likely that your reputation's a decent one, and, and it matters to do that because, you know, if you have a bad reputation, you can get ostracized. Well, Josh, okay, I see your point, but I still say that if you get too hung up on your reputation, you're going to end up a totally inauthentic, self-promoting social climber or something. I mean, you're going to go to dumb places just so you can post a photo on Facebook. You're going to go to concerts by famous bears you can't stand. You're going to pretend to like obscure philosophy just so you seem cool or something. Yeah, okay. But but I don't know. Those seem like superficial foibles. I mean, are, are you claiming that, you know, concern for reputation is going to reach all the way down and warp my character? That's exactly what I'm claiming. Too much concern for your reputation is a recipe for a deeply self-alienated life, Josh. Well, maybe if all you think about is your reputation, that might be true. But that's not what I'm suggesting. I mean, I'm just saying reputation should be one of the things you care about. And, 
And if it is one of the things you care about, it can actually make you a more authentic person. Oh, you're dreaming. No, no, I'm not. I mean, oh, hey. Ken, I mean, you use things like Yelp, don't you, and, and TripAdvisor? Well, yeah, but so what? Well, so clearly you do care about reputation. You care about the reputation of a restaurant or a hotel or a movie. Yeah, but what's that got to do? That's got nothing to do with me and my reputation. What's so special about you? If you trust reputation when it comes to other people and their businesses, you should also trust it when it comes to yourself. No, Josh, because I already know who and what I am. I don't need no Yelp reviews to tell me about myself. Maybe you should read those reviews. At least they're honest. Oh, Josh, that's gold. <laughs> no, but, but seriously, Ken, look, human beings don't always know themselves very well. So, you know, we need to check in with other people to, to make sure we're not just telling ourselves a, a bunch of self-serving stories. I mean, you can't say you're funny, for example, if nobody ever laughs at your jokes. Yeah, yeah okay, that's true. But I still say you got to think about the big picture. I mean, the cost of this massive reputation system we develop far outweighs the benefits. It's destroying people's lives. You make one small step, misstep. You know, kick one little puppy, and suddenly everyone on the internet is lining up to drag you completely through the mud and ruin your life. Yeah, look, okay, true. That's true. But by the same token, the possibility of shame is motivating. It motivates us to be better people, right? And, and, and meanwhile, the reputation system gives us early warning about bad guys who might come in and mess up our lives. So, I mean, thanks to the reputation system, I don't have to listen to unfunny comedians, eat at bad restaurants. Or read bad philosophy. Hooray for reputation. Yeah, some people are more shameless than you you realize, Josh. But look, there's a lot to argue about here, a lot to discuss. Maybe our roving philosophical reporter, Holly J. McDeed, can help a bit. We sent her to investigate reputation management strategies of two well-known musical acts. She files this report. Taylor Swift has gone through so many different reputations over the years but she still remains one of the best-selling artists in the world. If you want a quick tour through those reputations, start with her single, Look What You Made Me Do. I don't like your little games. Don't like your tilted stage. The music video is weird. It begins with Swift as a zombie, bursting out of a grave. She declares, the old Taylor cannot answer the phone right now. Then all of her reputations over the years line up in a row. There's Taylor Swift, the country singer, Taylor Swift, the snake, Taylor Swift, the victim, Taylor Swift holding a VMA award. That one is a reference to the time in 2009 when Kanye West went on stage and declared Beyonce should have won. Yo, Taylor, I, I'm really happy for you. I'm gonna let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Look what you just made me do. On her recent album, appropriately titled Reputation, Swift sings a lot about her own public persona and feuding with Kanye West. But she has a reputation for staying out of politics that may have lost her a few diehard fans. BuzzFeed reporter Alana Bennett says she's a fan of Swift's music, but not her public image. Regardless of the intent, her silence did speak volumes for a really long time. A lot of fans were angry when, in 2017, Swift sued a blogger who demanded she denounce her white supremacist fan base. She was still being silent while she was also punishing the people who were taking note of how her persona played into the, the white supremacy that was rising all around the country. 
Bennett has her theories about why Swift is usually silent about politics. Maybe she doesn't want her reputation to end up like, say, the Dixie Chicks. Two days past 18, he was waiting for the bus in his army. The Dixie Chicks have become a cautionary tale. Be careful what you say, or this could happen to you. Beverly Keel, chair of the Department of Recording Industry at Middle Tennessee State University, says this cautionary tale begins in 2003. It's two years after 9-11, days before U.S. troops will invade Iraq, and the Dixie Chicks are the darlings of country music. So they went down and they sat on the, the Dixie Chicks were that rare blend of critical darling and commercial darling. Everybody loved them. And then they hated them. During a concert in London, lead singer Natalie Maines said she was ashamed President George W. Bush was from Texas. The fallout is shown in the documentary Shut Up and Sing. I think we in South Carolina ought to say goodbye to the Dixie Chicks, and anybody that thinks about going to that concert ought to be ready, 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 ready to run away from it. God bless GW! I think they are the Dixie twits. These are the (laughs) dumbest, dumbest bimbos, with due respect, I have seen. These are callow, foolish women who deserve to be slapped around. Country music radio stations banned their songs. Ex-fans met in parking lots to crush Dixie Chicks CDs with tractors. President Bush weighed in. I mean, the Dixie Chicks uh, are free to speak their mind. They can say what they want to say. And just because they shouldn't have their feelings hurt just because some people don't want to buy their records. At the time, Bush had a reputation for standing up for freedom. And Iraq had a reputation for weapons of mass destruction. Keel says the whole country and country music was swept up in a patriotic fervor. Take Toby Keith, for example. Country music shunned the Dixie Chicks, so they turned their backs on country music. You know, their career has not been the same, but the thought was, well, if country radio is not going to play us, then we'll just release whatever we want anyway. So the band released Not Ready to Make Nice, a song about how their reputations as traitors led to fans mailing them death threats. Many country radio stations still refuse to play them, but their next album won them five Grammy Awards. Taylor Swift rarely speaks to the public, so her reputation is based on her catchy pop songs and general silence. But the Dixie Chicks turned their reputation as un-American anti-war villains into a country album. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Holly J. McDeed. To hear the rest of this program, Head over to philosophytalk.org. Thank you for listening. And thank you for thinking.